Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm DM Neil, aka Joe Moniak, and I have an amazing co-host, as always, and he is back. And he is none other than... Ooh, it's me, James and Tricasso, hanging out with the one and only Neil the Pipes Powell. Watch out. So, I'm excited to be here. Yes. Excited to be here. We've settled our differences after the amazing, <laughs> awful, who knows... Katy Perry incident that happened uh, on a recent you know episode. What? I don't I don't think it was anything other than pure delight. I appreciate how much you and Mitch went for it. Uh and uh and I just I you know, I gotta give you the we're not worthy bow from Wayne's World. So it was uh it was quite incredible and I do hope some listeners uh get involved and shout out their own version of uh Katy Perry's fireworks. Definitely. So for this one we're going to tie back to episode number ninety eight. Raw Real Monsters yep. 5, Dragons, and mm-hmm. that featured Ivan Van Norman from Geek and Sundry. Oh, yeah. Great guest. Way better than me. Why didn't you get him for this? Because uh, we couldn't get a hold of him again. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, now you know. <laughs> insider baseball, guys. <laughs> So, uh, so Neil, I am looking at this DMnastics. Uh, you went to the amazing Dungeon Masters block forums and asked the community to create uh, a dragon with you. Uh, and so you laid out sort of all these different attributes, the dragon's color, what its ultimate goal is, secondary goal, its methods, its alignment, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, and then asked the community to uh, help you create some of these values, which was amazing. I think you've created one of my favorite monsters ever doing this. Awesome. And that was uh, DMnastics number 82, Dragons 2, Draconic Boogaloo. Oh, If you don't know yes. what that is. Amazing. You haven't been on the internet for very long, but you'll figure it out, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to remember if I took most of the attributes and ideas from the last one, because when I was looking through it and reviewing it before doing this episode, I thought to myself, wow, that's a really great job. I wonder who did this. It was me. Just how much setup I did for really fleshing out what this dragon would be. And I took it on myself to kick off the idea. And instead of making it anything traditional, I decided to look around on the internet and came up with the idea that this would be an arsenic dragon. Ooh, yes. Yes, I love it. Which is what color again? Yeah, so it's like a dark gray blue. So it's like a very muted kind of blue and you know, based off of the element arsenic. And of course, nice. you know, that I I knew in putting that in there it was kind of going to spur along the ideas of focusing on that element and what it does to people. <laughs> That's true. That's not true. Great. Arsenic uh n- yeah, not known for its ability to be consumed by people, shall we say. Definitely one of the more poisonous elements there is out there. Which is great. It's so evocative for a dragon, you know? I really, really love that. Good stuff, man. So, as we always like to do, we're going to showcase a couple ideas from the forums, and then we'll get right into it. But first up, James, what is your pick from the forums? So my pick from the forums is, uh, so first of all, I'm going to boldly state this dragon's name. She's an arsenic dragon, as we mentioned, and it is 
Korth Ternestia. Uh, her name ends with a J. Uh, maybe that's some sort of Nordic pronunciation, but uh, Korth Ternestia. Uh, or she has a nickname, right, Neil? That nickname is... The Sleeping Queen, as the commoners know her by. The Sleeping Queen, which is how I will now refer to her. So my pick comes from the backwards DM, Retsam Noigdung. So uh, answers your question about what sort of class or, or tendencies or, you know, sort of how does this dragon operate? And she needs to spend long months in hibernation. So she's actually an accomplished dream mage. And that means that rather than attacking people, you know, physically with her claws, which I'm sure as a dragon, she definitely has that power, the ability to do that. But she prefers to manipulate the dreams of other peoples. Uh, so assuming that when she is asleep, she can still access and enter the dream of other people is amazing. Sometimes she can do it to call an ally to her aid, but she is known to leave false prophecies for her enemies and attack them through astral projection. She's awesome. She's like a Freddy Krueger dragon. This is uh, yeah, this really, really cool. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we should say that Oneiromancer is what a dream mage is, according to the backwards DM. Yes, and we will take it as canon in the world of Deaime. Yes. <laughs> yeah, if only there were some way to look it up. But there's not, so we'll just take your word for it, backwards DM. Perfect. Neil, what is your pick? The one I want to showcase is from Soul Diamond DM, much easier to say, mm. and mm -hmm. it is the ultimate goal <laughs> because yes. the Sleeping Queen did not start out as an arsenic dragon. So mm -hmm. the dragon was actually defending the mining town of Starfall as a silver dragon when an evil dwarf came in with the intentions of taking over the mines and poisoned the silver dragon which began to undergo this crazy change to create the unique arsenic dragon that we know as the Sleeping Queen. And so mm -hmm. that poison still flows through her veins and essentially keeps her as a now an arsenic dragon. And I thought that was a really cool way to just not, I mean, not that this is bad. I mean, because you can't just say it exists in my world and that's how that is. Mm -hmm. But I really like the backstory behind it being a unique dragon, not necessarily... There's arsenic dragons everywhere now, but this kind of one-off <laughs> scenario that your players could interface with. Yeah, I love that idea of single monsters, I think is really a powerful idea for players that like, you know, the players are never going to rid the world of every single kobold, right? Uh, but they could rid the world of its one terrible arsenic dragon. Uh, so I, I love that idea of a unique monster. It's really, really cool. Great way to bring that in. Yes, well, right now, it's our podcast, and we can do what we want. So together, we are actually going to showcase another one. Ooh, that's right. That's how we roll here. Because I think it'll help us with the weightlifting portion that will come soon. Yeah, this is a high rep episode, if you will. Ooh, a rep episode? Oh, a rep. I've, been, I've been sitting on that one for a real long time. I really appreciate that you set that up for me. The... <laughs> oh no happy to help happy <laughs> the to help. secondary goal that she has is actually the demise of her former red dragon rival venethesia and mm -hmm. we'll just move on from that because i don't want to try and say it <laughs> more times <laughs> the okay the, we're gonna move on from venethesia yep, the sleeping queen actually plagued mm -hmm. venethesia now that we're saying it with confidence mm -hmm. we can say it as many times as we went venethesia 
was plagued by the dreams of the sleeping queen and essentially transformed and dulled their scales to be more pink, more like magnesium. And Mm. they essentially went mad, which is what happens when humans interact with too much magnesium and what you, what would happen for you or I would be manganese madness. And so now Mm. we've created a second interesting dragon, which came from the first. Because the sleeping queen was poisoned, and then she poisoned the mind of another dragon and created the manganese dragon, which I think is super Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah, yeah, it is a really, really cool idea. And I love the taking the real life idea of, you know, magnesium poisoning and bringing it into this kind of thing. So we can thank DM Exitium, one of our amazing patron dragons, for that idea. But with all that out of the way, we can start lifting the mental weights right now mm-hmm. lifting weights is what i do look at me lift these weights yeah it's time to uh time to lift the mental weights and uh i do want to encourage people to like go check this one out even after this episode airs because there's a lot of cool stuff uh that has been filled in but there's a couple of blanks that could use some filling in here people mm-hmm. and with so much great stuff to build on it'd be lovely to see a fully formed creature to the point where I would, I would dare say, I would make this beast in fifth edition stats and give them to Neil, and then Neil can decide what to do with them. I will take you up on that offer, and I will put that on our Patreon for all of our patrons. Excellent. Yes. So there you go. So help contribute and make an awesome creature. So given that there's not a ton left, I was thinking that we'll leave those for whoever listens to this gets inspired. But what we could do is kind of work together on how to implement a scenario that your players are going to interact with the sleeping queen. Because I think that is, this one is just ripe with tons and tons and tons of ways that that could happen, given that her interaction with most people is not through any sort of physical interaction, but instead through dreams and manipulation and charisma, be that good, bad, and different, and just what you could do to interact with her. Yes, I love it. So my first idea is bringing together this idea of the arsenic dragon and her secondary goal, right? The manganese dragon. I love this idea that maybe, right, maybe the manganese dragon is is toxic in her own right, um, right? The same madness that afflicts her could afflict other people. And perhaps the sleeping queen is a little bit afraid of this madness. She doesn't want to get any more mad than she already is, right? She doesn't consider herself mad, probably. Mm -hmm. And so maybe she starts sending the adventurers visions of this manganese dragon in order to get them caught up in maybe uh, going to slay the manganese dragon on her behalf. Mm, I like that. Well, Mm -hmm. because I also like the motivation behind the idea that, like, if someone were to be affected by this manganese madness, they can't then be affected by the sleeping queen. Essentially, that madness mm-hmm. doesn't allow enough space for her to come in and be manipulative and plant dreams and use them as spies or anything like that. So, like, and it just gets so good because it gets so deep on so many levels that she's essentially created a worse rival for herself than when it was a silver and red dragon. Now that it is the arsenic and manganese dragon. Exactly. Exactly. So she's got to send somebody else to do her bidding, right? And then who knows, maybe if the adventurers get afflicted with madness themselves, 
they can no longer be manipulated by the arsenic dragon, so she starts sending other groups of adventurers after them to take care of them. (laughs) Ah, it's an adventurer arm race right now. That's right. That's right. It's uh, layers upon layers of, of what's going on here, you know? And then the adventurers have a, have maybe a chance as they gain levels, as they gain power to sort of figure out where are all these weird prophetic dreams coming from? Why are they being chased? And then, you know, is it their own madness that was brought on by fighting this manganese dragon? Or do they uncover eventually that, whoa, there's an even bigger, badder dragon behind all of this, and it's the Sleeping Queen, the Arsenic Dragon. Yeah, and I really like using the two together because... Vanathesia gives that traditional, while still giving it a twist, you're going to have to fight this dragon. You're going to have to put this dragon down. That's just how this is going to be, because it's not only a red dragon, it's a crazy red dragon that is now pink <laughs> and is making you crazy. So essentially, the, you know, the only recourse essentially is going to be to slay that dragon. But with, exactly. with the Sleeping Queen, it poses a lot more questions one of the things that's not answered and i don't know that i would want to answer this is number 13 what is the alignment of this dragon i don't know that that's a question i want to answer because i would want that to be the dm's fiat and trying to figure out how their players want to interact because remember this started out as a silver dragon that's right that's right. So, you know, it could be an end alignment, as we know from the latest Dungeon Masters block podcast, uh, can often be thrown out because people are weird and dragons are weird, too. And they don't always act necessarily the same exact way you expect them to. And I like this idea that particularly someone maybe who has changed in some way and might be afflicted by uh, a dwarven curse for instance, maybe sometimes there's shades of that silver dragon, right, that come through. Uh, and so the Sleeping Queen sometimes appears very benevolent uh, when she regains control and then sometimes not so much. Yeah, that's, and that's what I was thinking is, like, you put it to your players, well, what are you going to do? Like, you, mm-hmm. I mean, I get that you guys want to kill this dragon because of what's happened so far, and this dragon forces you <laughs> to fight other dragons. I get it. I really do. But at the same time, is there a cure? And is the cure going to just turn them back into a silver dragon and you go from there? Or is the cure, again, more nuanced? And like that's where it starts to get more interesting, where they're better because they're not afflicted quite as much by the poison, but they remain the sleeping queen and still interact with people in that way. But it's used for used for good and not evil. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, we can leave alignment a mystery. My other question for, well, not question, is my other thing that I would want to kind of flesh out together a little bit more because it was also your pick. I mean, we took my pick and we talked more about it. So let's take your pick and talk more about it. How do we want the kind of dream magic to work? Like just as a general, you know, kind of like 10,000 foot view of dream magic in general, what do we think that means for the players and NPCs in just the world. Yeah, I think it's interesting. In a lot of editions of D&D, there's a spell called Dream. So I think looking at that is a, is a great place to start, but it's not the place to stop. It's not just like, oh, she casts Dream at will and we're done. I think, um, you know, and Dream essentially allows you to enter another character's dreams and m- manipulate things and 
talk to people. So I think definitely, she's definitely got that going on, right? Great for party dynamics once your wizard gets <laughs> that one. Nothing goes yeah, back. Yeah, nothing, nothing at all. <laughs> but I think, it, you know, we talk about her attacking via astral projection. So I wonder, maybe she's got some souped up version of, of this spell or this magic that lets her... Freddy Krueger style, get into your dreams and, you know, if she harms you in your dream, you're harmed in the real world in some way, right? Like, that could be pretty cool. I also like, and this was just my thought, I mean, I wouldn't want to have no limits on what is happening. So, I mean, if you look at some of the other aspects that are presented in the forums, it's kind of people that she's manipulating consistently, people that she's manipulating in their dreams people that she's fighting with astral projections i would want that to kind of be like a if you take from here then you can do this more in the sense that if she's going Mm -hmm. to fight someone through astral projection she's going to have to let some of the people that she's manipulating go or else she won't have enough power and essentially kind of this give and take of what she can and can't do right yeah some sort of cap on that power i think is a great way to go you know, especially because it then makes her more interesting, right? Because she's got some weakness that maybe the players can exploit. The fighter's going to be like, okay, I'm going to fall asleep and I'm going to provoke her in my dream to fight me. The rest of you got to take her out while she's doing that mm-hmm. or something like that, right? It's a, it's a really, really cool idea. I like that idea of she has to spread her power around it. Maybe she needs to make some sort of connection. Like maybe she has servants who you know, deliver like a a coin from her treasure hoard that is laced with arsenic. And then once the arsenic gets into like a special kind of arsenic, once that arsenic gets into your system, then she can enter your dream more easily or or something like that, you know, to connect the whole idea of poison and dreams together. I like it. Oh, man. I got so manipulative with your idea. So if you think about, I mean, and it's much more so where you live than where I live because where you live existed for a lot longer. Um, so if you think about <laughs> the places that people go for tourist reasons and statues and things like that, and then you have things that they consistently touch. I know at mm-hmm. uh, Harvard, the statue of John Harvard is touched. And if the sleeping queen could implement something like that in the world and just how many people would be affected through that method because if you think i mean again my harvard example is just hundreds and thousands probably daily and if you you know put that in the medieval times kind of setting it's like this great hero that was created and she essentially manipulated and got the statue funded and the Mm -hmm. arsenic put into that statue and the number of people that go and pay homage and you know like touch the foot of the statue of the great hero so that you're blessed but nice (laughs) <laughs> That's right. You're not. You're you're cursed. And maybe right. Maybe she manipulates enough people to to keep that rumor going. That after they touch it, they have a very pleasant dream, and you know that sort of thing. And uh, she uses it really to to sow chaos. After people have long since forgotten they ever even touched the statue, then she comes back with a vengeance in mm-hmm. some way, right? Perfect. Yeah, the statue of the great hero, uh, main prize. I think is probably. Ah. Yes. What she would do. And they have an arsenic yeah, beard. Yeah. No. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you rub yourself up against the beard, and that's that's how you're blessed. No. How could you taint such a hero? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Fun facts about the uh, statue of John Harvard, uh, because I met someone that went to Harvard. One, that is not actually what he looks like. Two, one of the dates is wrong <laughs> on the plaque. Three, huh. much less much less interesting. Uh, freshmen at Harvard go and they pee on the foot of the statue uh, because then people go and touch it. Interesting. There you go. Harvard people go to Harvard. They're just like us. I found that out, and I did not touch that statue. So yeah. now you know, everyone yeah, that listened, go. don't touch yeah. the statue. <laughs> yeah, people go to Harvard. You're just like us, except you just mention where you went to college more often. <laughs> True. It's oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So any other things to toss out for the sleeping queen? That is it. That's all I got. Perfect. And that's all I've got. Other than, of course, the other amazing things that are on the forums. And like James had mentioned, definitely go check those out. But if people wanted to check more out from you, James, where would they go? Uh, if people want to check out more, you can see everything I do at worldbuilderblog.me or .com. Or you can head on over to don'tsplitthepodcastnetwork.com because short URLs are for jerks. Mm-hmm. And you can listen to my great podcast, Tabletop Babble, or Have Spellbook Will Travel. Or you can listen to Game O'Clock, an awesome video game podcast. Or you can listen to the DM's Deep Dive uh, with Mike Shea or, uh, you know, Venture Maidens, a great actual play podcast with all female players playing 5th edition. Awesome. And then, of course, you can also watch the Patreon for whenever James gets our amazing Arsenic Dragon all statted up for 5th edition. Very excited to work on that. So if you wanted to tell us all about your dragon and whatever crazy element you used for it, you could email us at dmnastics at gmail.com or you can always head over to Twitter and follow us there at dmnastics where there's, of course, the daily dmnastics and a new exciting thing, if you haven't checked it out, is that the great DM main prize is actually doing a weekly one-shot where he takes the posts from Twitter and turns them into a one-shot. So you have your Monster Monday, your Terrain Tuesday, your Weapon Wednesday, your Thaumaturgy Thursday, your Filter Friday, and from me, the Weekend Warriors, you have Soldier Saturday and Slayer Sunday, and he takes all of those and folds them in together to make a one-shot that he does in Home Brewery and posts it. That is so much fun. Yeah, if you want to follow me on Twitter, which I don't know, eh, that's a give or take, you can do so at Jotemoniac. And of course, just like James said, short URLs are for chumps, jerks, I don't know what he said, but you can always go over to blockpartypodcastnetwork.com and check us out. But before all of that, I want to implore you, the listener, to join up on the forums and take part in these challenges and exercises, as well as all the other amazing conversations being had. To do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some DMnastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift? Oh, I could barely lift my right arm because I did so many. I don't know if you heard me counting, I did over a thousand. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. <laughs> <laughs>